Hello, Keep It To Yourself podcast listeners. Before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the Supreme Court decision on June the 24th, 2022 to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. As somebody who is disabled on the autism spectrum, what will become of the Americans with Disabilities Act? Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Learn more by visiting podvoices.help. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thank you. This is a Kitty Pod production. From Television City in Hollywood. Hey, man! Welcome to episode number 159 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. The most above average podcast ever to hit your ear holes. Just like an M80 shooting through the sky. I am, of course, your humble host, Jason Bullet. The regulator, innovator, dominator, creator, a theta, plus the imitator, assassinator, baby. I demand the hour to remember the power to sweet to be sour. They call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm your pre-owned. Gosh, what a neat guy. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Baby, baby. And I'm coming to you once again, as always, from the rolling hills of Saratoga County, New York, here at Bullet House. It's been a heck of a weekend, and here I am getting ready to take in the July 4th weekend and all that it has to offer here in this neck of the woods. But before we get into all that, we're going to recap what happened during my first trip to Cooperstown in three long years. It's going to be a hoot, let me tell you. There will be some other stuff, too. As I mentioned just seconds ago... Not to sound like a broken record. You're sounding like you are one some of these episodes. All right, get out of here. Where's Sam Elliott from last episode when you need him? The last full one, I should say. All right, let's get to social media before he comes back again. Uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter at keep underscore podcast. There's also the Keep It To Yourself Facebook page, and you may as well just forget about the Instagram. That ain't happening, Captain. In my book, at least. And also, we want to thank everybody for listening to the special edition of this here podcast, which focused on, well, the gathering of the little, known as Jingle Tap, that happened last weekend. I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but hopefully one of these days, before too, too long, I'll be able to get down there and mingle with the little, see these guys in person. You get it. Anyway, that's going to be, hopefully, something I can do one day, as he tries to get out of that cul-de-sac. Well, this whole episode is going to be the vanity portion. I really don't have much to talk about. I'm recording this episode on the 30th of June, 2022. We are halfway through this year. And whoo boy, what a year it has been thus far. What with Roe versus Wade getting overturned, high gas prices, inflation, war in Ukraine. Yikes, this has been a horror show if ever there was any. Let me tell you. But let's keep it on the positive side of things here, if we could. This pandemic, 
with coronavirus took away one of my favorite summertime traditions for two years, and that was my trip to Cooperstown, New York. Now, for a number of you first-time listeners, let me explain what this is about here. For the last few years, well, except for 2020 and 21, these friends of mine who live down in Albany organized this yearly trip right about June or so to Cooperstown, but we make other stops along the way, really make a day out of it. It's a long day, but I have a good time just the same. So our host told us that we were supposed to arrive at the house no later than 9 o'clock. I tried my best. I kind of almost pooed the bed there. It took me over a half hour to get to this place. So here I am getting ready. Cut it somewhat close. And then one of the participants, a first-timer, you know, had something happen to her at the house. Heard that story like three times the whole trip. Good Lord Almighty. I was almost sick of it by the time. I didn't tell her, but, you know. So, sometime after 9 o'clock, we bundle into three cars. I ride with a host and this other friend of mine. And we sally forth on the long trek to Cooperstown. Our first stop of the day was this place called the Teepee in Cherry Valley. Now, this is a place that's been running since 1950. And, you know, you just get like, you know, uh, foodstuffs there, Old West stuff. That The latter stuff doesn't really interest me. So I just go in there and, you know, I get this thing called Key Lime Salsa. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm sure it ought to be a real good. It'll knock my taste buds right out of the water and back again. Now, there was formerly this place called the Chuck Wagon. That's where we'd have lunch before we go off to the Fly Creek Cider Mill. More on that later. However, the Chuck Wagon had been shuttered and there were plans afoot probably to let somebody else run the show over there. So I got key lime salsa. I got, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember now. It's been almost a week. It seems longer than that now with what's been going on in the world at large. I didn't get any, well, I got the salsa, not anything that readily eat. But for some strange reason, while I'm waiting to check out, I look at this display, a little pocket knife. I'm like, hmm, this ought to be good. So I just said, all right, put her in there and let's go. <laughs> so I got a little pocket knife to go along with that. My dad has one figure. Well, if I want to be a Billy Big Boy over here, I got to have me one of those. But I'm going to be very careful where I take it. I certainly don't want to take it to work. That would be a fireable offense. Shout out my workplace, eBiz Docs. Anyway, so, uh, and speaking of which, a former co-worker of mine who was a mutual friend of ours in the group met us at the teepee and he accompanied us the whole trip to Cooperstown. So he was there with us the rest of the trip, so it wound up being four cars. He was running solo deep. So we spent some time there at the teepee, and after about an hour or so, we hop in the car. Oh, it wasn't that long. I think it was like, what, um, 10.45 or something around there? We get back on Route 20. We take the nice scenic route, the western shore of Otsego Lake. More on that place later. Very nice, seeing some boats out, paddle boards, whatnot. Okay, I didn't really see him. We were about like a good few hundred feet from the lakeshore. And then we cut to the village of Cooperstown. And then we make our way to the Fly Creek Cider Mill. Park out in the parking lot. Get in there. This is a place that almost became, to my mind at least, the biggest victim of the pandemic. And all these places 
shuttering small businesses left to fend for themselves, hopefully survive. But thankfully, they were able to get things back in order, and they were open. And we couldn't have been any happier for that. The samples, though, they were the biggest casualty of COVID. No samples at the Flight Creek Cider Mill like in past trips. But I did clean up, though. I got my, uh, my rewards card there. You get 10 points for each dollar you spend. And it was quite the trip. However, we started out having lunch at the old uh, snack shack right there. And I got me a combo meal. $15. Not bad. So I got uh, a barbecue pork sandwich. Bag of chips on the side. And a little pie and ice cream. Now, this caramel apple nut pie looked real good. But I said, nah, strawberry rhubarb. And I ate like a king, boy. Let me tell you. I had everything except the pie I was so full. Of. Like, well... I'll just take this with me. I'll find some place to put it. We're good. Then, after we let the belly settle, we burn off calories by going into the store. And I got me a good deal of stuff, man. Whoo, boy, I cleaned up. I got apple and cinnamon barbecue sauce. That was real good. Tried that the, uh, the, night, the night afterwards or somewhere around there. What else? Got lemon curd, which I have yet to break into. The fruits of the farm jam. If I couldn't have their pie, I figured I'll do the best next thing and get me a little jar of that jam. I can't wait to try that out. And there was a little promotion going on, just like with the, uh, you know, they have a lot of these promotions at Fly Creek Cider Mill. Get on with a story, will you? Okay, all right. No more stumbling, I promise. I'll believe it when I hear it. All right, get out of here. Come on, go. Anywho's, it's, Lost my train of thought, that guy. Anyway, so I'm going up there, you know. I'm going around the store, so I got the key lime curd. No, not key lime curd. got lemon curd. Hello. Maybe you feel good, you know. Thank you, Earl Clark. Saved my bacon. And now these promotions they have at Fly Creek Cider Mill are great, you know. They say, well, you get a free bag of tortilla chips, for example, when you buy two jars of salsa. Well, there is another one that says when you buy two... Jars of our mustard, you can mix and match. They don't have to be the same flavor. You get a bag of pretzels free. Well, these are these pretzel sticks. Those were good. There, I tried the red raspberry one. Whoo, boy. Man, <laughs> that was a real hoot and a holler. Really enjoyed that one. I got Vidalia onion mustard, too. I got some fudge, cookies, and cream. Haven't broken into that yet, but I will at some stage. As if my dad hasn't had it already. It's still in the fridge, though. I want to keep it nice and cool. And that, well, let's see. That was about it, really. I got one of the tote bags, too. $51, all told. Then I got the 10% coupon for the snack bar. Had something like, got one of their apple sticks and some little jar of feed for the animals. The ducks, the geese, and all that. So, went to feed the ducks. Just mill around, try and keep cool in the shade. Because it got plenty warm. I thought it was going to be 80 degrees. Nice and cool. But I found out, at least in Albany anyway, temperature got up to 91. Oh boy, so that meant it was probably mid-80s. Thankfully it wasn't humid or else, oh boy, I'd have really been struggling. So, Fly Creek Cider Mill is all done. We hop back in our cars and we make our way for the assault on Cooperstown. So we find parking near Doubleday Field. And we're going to try and make dinner reservations. Uh, my friend David's wife, Andrea was busy with the 
the machine there to help pay for parking in the double-day field lot, I decided to call the Hawkeye Grill at the Otisaga Resort. And he said, do you have a reservation for nine people for 6.30? And he said, uh, sorry, Bron, we're all booked up. That was not the same guy, by the way. I was just imitating another person, just so you know. He didn't make a sneak attack again. So no ambush here. Unfortunately, the person who answered the phone said, sorry, we're all booked up during that time. So I was like, oh, well. And they said, well, don't you have anything for earlier? And then I tried calling back a couple of times. I just got their voicemail. I got a missed call and said, forget it. We're going somewhere else. And where that somewhere else, you ask? Well, we'll get to it later. So as is our want as a group, we didn't really split up in any individual way. They said, all right, if you want to go in this store, you know, just let us know. We'll go in. So we went forces protection on that whole deal. I mean, got some... Montreal Expo stuff, not too much. Got another one of their caps. I think it started to become a law of diminishing returns with with the Montreal Expo's memorabilia. I've gotten most everything there. I'm like, I swear to heavens. I mean, it'll be enough to want to go to like one of the museums that we pass on the way to the Flight Creek Cider Mill. Like the Fenimore Art Museum, the Farmer's Museum. I think more the former than the latter. And then, when I found out the Okay, we're all done here. And we're, you know, just milling about the shops. I also got an Aaron Judge jersey from, well, not jersey, jersey t-shirt from 7th Inning Stretch. What about some of the other shops? Oh, wow, there, in the intervening years since we last visited, there's this new business called Grand Slam Guitars. So I said, eh, I'm just going to have a look here. I don't play the guitar necessarily. My nephew used to do it when he was a younger fellow. And by the way, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Hunter. Uncle Jason loves you. The big 1-0 for him. So I go into this shop. I'm like, oh, there's probably some t-shirts there with some bands and whatnot. I got to look at anything my size. And the selection didn't really impress me. But I did find a couple. I didn't buy all of them. I didn't buy both of them, really. I found a white one with Frank Zappa. And a black one with David Bowie. And given, you know, <laughs> how hot it was, I figured dark colored apparel is not going to pass muster. And trying to keep me cool. White reflects light, black absorbs it. So I get the white Zappa t-shirt, and it made a hit with the Mystery Science Theater group um, in on Facebook, MST3K, don't you know? So got all that shopping done, and then a number of us decide to take the boat ride on the on Otisaga Lake, or Otsego Lake, I should say, near the Otisaga. Hello. That's Earl Clark number two. And I suggested to the group that we do something like this and our host took us up on the offer and you know what i'm happy to report that none of us were disappointed and i'm very glad of it nice little boat ride one hour we were the last ride of the day shoved off at five o'clock went up at seagull lake and i like getting the cool breeze off the lake because we were going on the starboard side and that's where we were the whole time didn't even go down below decks just stayed up there the whole time but then the boat turns around, and we're on the western side of the lake. It's getting toward evening. That sun is beating down. Like, oh, boy, it was hot. Oh, man. I was thinking, well, I'm going to try and keep cool here. So I go up to the front of the boat, or the bow, if you will, and that breeze was coming in. Hot diggity dang, did that feel good. And that was a nice little relaxing boat ride. I rested my eyelids, or tried to take, I didn't want to take a nap, I just, Rest my eyeballs, trying to conserve energy for the long trip home. 
And then six o'clock or so, the boat pulls in, we're done for the day. And we're just killing time here because we made the reservation at 6.30 for the lakefront restaurant. Why not? Why else bother? It's right there, isn't it? So all nine of us pile in there. We just hang out. Uh, we're just uh, milling around outside. I'm just resting my weary bones. And waiter thinks I'm a customer. Like, no, 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 I'm with the group. He just hands me a glass of water out of the blue. I'm like, I'm with these people you knit with, but thanks anyway. I could use the liquid refreshment. Nothing on a day like this. Well, about 6.30, we finally get in the dining room inside. And we're seeing the longest table they have in the joint. And I really shouldn't call it a joint. It's a nice place. I'm glad I somebody suggested it in the absence of the Hawkeye Grill. Being all booked up in it. And I had a great meal. What did you have? Well, I just had a burger. Now, I've been trying to lose weight here. And, you know, I got a little battle of the bulge going. And I found out from another podcast I listened to, somebody's in a similar position. He weighs even more than I do. And I found out as a little tip, you know, you can still order burgers. You're not, you can do that if you still want to. Just don't get fries on the side or as a side dish or something like that. So I asked the waitress when it was my turn to order, hey, what do you have instead of French fries? They said, well, I've listed all these many. They mentioned rice. I'm like, oh, I'll take the rice then. We're good. So I'll tell you what, that was a great burger. Could not be beat. Nice and moderately priced. I tell you, if you ever go down to Cooperstown, do the lakefront, but make sure you have your meal after you go on the boat ride. In case it gets a little rocky, you won't be hurling your guts over the side of the boat. Well, folks, we had our individual dinners in our bellies. And there was only one thing left to do, and that was to bid a fond farewell to Cooperstown for hopefully another year. We now we took a different road back. We went along the eastern shore of Otsego Lake, and it was rather interesting going that way. We took a county road rather than Route 80 going to the other side. However, I do have some incidents that I want to report. First up was we were well past Otsego Lake when this happened, or we had just gotten past it. Everything's going along fine. All of a sudden, on the port side, zoom, here comes this black car, and he speeds past us. He is going hell-bent for election. He must have been doing 60 easily, and it was not a straight road we were going down, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what was this guy's hurry? What was his friggin' deal? I hope a cop pulled him over. Uh, we know what happened to him, but I'm sure the cops probably got some kind of wind of it and then just took care of business as only they could. So there at that. The second one, now, we didn't have this in past years. They're doing work on the bridge over the Schoharie Creek going from Dwaynesburg, Schenectady County into the village of Esperance in Schoharie County and they got temporary traffic lights, so they have one-lane traffic, almost but not quite like what we have just down the road from Bullet House over the Scanticoke Bridge. And it was a bit of a delay, and what made it worse, we were behind a box truck. Well, we were two cars behind. Uh, my friend Dave, his wife, was driving his car. Now, they were driving each other's car. That's essentially what was going on here. And... Yeah, Dave was worried, like, are we going to pass this guy or what? What the heck's going on here? Well, we eventually did some miles out of Dwaynesburg. 
We finally said, all right there, Slowpoke, we're out of here. We're going to do the dirty ourselves, not get caught. There was some heart palpitating moments there on the road, but we got back home in time. Well, I got back to Dave's place around, I'd have to say, quarter to ten. And it wasn't until about 10.15 or so till I got back to Bullet House in the rolling hills of Saratoga County from whence I come to you today. And with four layers of spray-on sunscreen, I'm like, I can't go to bed like this. So I took a shower just to get all those layers and all that stuff off my body. And that was it. A memorable trip to Cooperstown. I was very happy to be back in the birthplace of baseball and other places for the first time in three years. COVID took away a lot, but thankfully we were able to do it again. Can't wait for next time. All right, folks, we're about ready to make it to the end of the episode. But before we do, we're going to send you off in the July 4th weekend with some pod shout outs and stuff you can listen to this holiday weekend. First up, GFA Live, Peter Winston and Keith Langston did a live watch of an episode of, get this, this is a new one, WWF UK Superstars. They went over to Jolly Old England, they did, from the 23rd of May, 1992. You can follow the show and Peter Winston at GF Allentown across all your social media. And also Peter Winston's YouTube channel is something to check out as well. On the Break It Down show... A lot of alliteration here for Pete A. Turner. Pete had Allison Arngrim, an actress who was famous for being on this little show called Little House on the Prairie way back when, has a book out called Confessions of a Prairie Bitch. And how about this, folks? We have a man from Estonia, Portu Perlinen. Hopefully I didn't butcher that, with future skills. So good listening there. You can follow the show across all your social media at Break It Down Show. And the host of same at Pete A. Turner. The Loyal Littles podcast, Chuck and Roxy, went to Jingle Fest, or Jingle Tab as it was called this year, and they lived to tell some tales. It was a great episode. They did a recap. They brought in Jamie Armada onto the show. You can follow them on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod and on Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast. And finally, the 1 in 44 podcast from the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome in Greg Austin of Inclusive Fitness. That was a great episode. Please check that out. You can follow the Anderson Center on Twitter at Anderson Autism and on Instagram at Anderson Center for Autism. As for this little dog and pony show, we're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. If said podcatcher has rating and review capabilities, Do me a good solid and a favor and whatnot. Give me a five-star rating and a good write-up. That would really help me out. Thank you in advance of all that. Okay, now that we've got all the pot shout-outs and the Cooperstown trip out of the way, as I mentioned off the top, it is the 4th of July weekend, and I know a number of you will be celebrating, even with all the bullshit that's going on in this little corner of the world and with our dear country in recent times. But of that, we'll have none. We're keeping it positive here. Let's focus on the good stuff about this great country of ours, the United States of America, at least while we still can. And in that spirit, we do the Friday Five on the TK Little Smart and Funny Facebook page. And once again, the honor falls to Mary Faye Randolph. And she has the following five questions for me and for the rest of the Littles, fans of the Tony Kornheiser Show, to 
answer as best they can, and I will do so as best to my knowledge and honestly as humanly possible. So with that preamble out the way, let us get started. Number one, does your city or neighborhood hold a special celebration on the 4th of July? What is it? If they don't, what do you like to do on July 4th? Now, there was also an international audience, and she had alternate questions. He said, for the non-U.S. Littles, same question in regards to your nation's main holiday, because we're international, folks. And I got to figure out what I wrote down here. I'm, this was not... Oh, here we are. Here's mine. I wrote down, my hometown of Saratoga Springs, New York, has hosted a parade around July 4th weekend, but has also hosted a four-mile road race called the Firecracker 4. Oh, yeah, there's also the ubiquitous fire dis fireworks display. Talk much. The ubiquitous fireworks display. And this is what... I didn't write this down. It's at Congress Park. I remember one year they couldn't do it there, so... They had to move operation to the spa park. Many people thought it was a better location. All, if not most, had been put on hold due to COVID-19 the last two years. Closer to where I live, right here in the rolling hills of Saratoga County, Clifton Park has also hosted a parade as well as a celebration. So there you go right there. That's my answer. Going through the rest of the littles here. Bill Pitcher, nothing formal, I don't think, but lots of fireworks in backyards. Same here, brother. Tell you what, <laughs> man, Jeff Turner said just in the past few years they have decided to do fireworks. It used to be that we would drive to neighboring towns for that. Regardless, yahoos in my neighborhood will set them off for essentially any holiday. That's the same thing here in this little corner of the world. You give people a reason to shoot off fireworks, they'll do it by golly. <laughs> And I also mentioned with Betsy Orman Jaffe said, Capital Fourth, kind of a big deal, to which I responded, I was there the summer my sister had an internship at the Library of Congress. And Dina Yagodich responded to B Betsy, next year we're going to get go to that, getting a hotel room nearby. Better get that in advance, snap it up right quick. Eric Lonergan says, you may have seen me on TV at the Boston Pops Fireworks Spectacular. Okay, Sam Berger says, little televised event called the Macy's Fireworks Spectacular. If you're fortunate enough to know people in an apartment overlooking the river, it is an experience. Back to the Capitol Fourth for a second. It was quite an experience watching on PBS, and then you have the overhead, not the overhead shot, but you got the, uh, the drone or whatever, the overhead camera. You get the view. You, get, you see the Washington Monument. Then you go down to the Lincoln Memorial. Actually, I think this is from the Lincoln Memorial, the Potomac. You get all the... All the boats out there, you can just make them out. And not only can you see the fireworks display from Washington, D.C., you can see all the towns and cities and the suburbs in Maryland and Northern Virginia with their fireworks displays going on at the same time, which I think is just cosmic, just really amazeballs. I'm going to tell you. Jeff Flowers wrote, My current city, Franklin, Tennessee, small town suburb of Nashville, does the typical stuff, parade on Main Street and fireworks. My hometown of Detroit, Michigan, AEW was there just two nights ago. On June 27th, every year has our fireworks since we border Canada and their Independence Day is July 1st. We celebrate with fireworks over the river, separating the two countries, and call the celebration the Freedom Festival. And yes, it is weird having the fireworks a full week before the 4th, but what the hey. Sam Gorn says, As a Brit, we don't really celebrate the 4th of July. I was on Cape Cod for the bicentennial, and the fireworks got rained out, which was fun. 
The big celebration holiday in the UK is the 5th of November, Guy Fawkes Day. I'll back, go back to using my normal voice. Lots of bonfires, fireworks, and general merriment to celebrate the capture of some traitors who tried to blow up Parliament in the 1605 gunpowder plot. Remember the guy? A penny for the guy, whatever that's called. Okay, let's see what else here. Alright, lots of neighborhood parade picnic. Uh, pretty typical stuff for July 4th celebration. So we'll move on to the next question. What is the oldest structure in the United States that you have visited? Approximate age slash year built. And to the internationals, same question in regards to your country. I responded, the Mayflower in Plymouth Rock, right about 1620 or early 17th century. Somewhere around there. And Sam Gorn said, I've visited lots of old bits of the U.S., Philadelphia or Boston area, probably the oldest. Of course, as a Brit, I love it. You're old. Anything under a thousand year old is basically brand new. I live less than an hour from Stonehenge. We're going to do Stonehenge tomorrow. No, we're not going to fucking do Stonehenge. Craig Rose keeps us in New England by saying, probably one of the historical sites in Boston, like the Old North Church or Paul Revere's house. Been to both, right on the Freedom Trail. Jeff Flowers, still in Boston. I spent an afternoon walking around downtown Boston marveling at a lot of the old buildings there. He said building, but there you go. Not exactly how old most of those were. There is the Mariner's Church built in 1842 that's a landmark Detroit. Yeah, reference in the Gordon Lightfoot song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. In the musty old hall in Detroit, they prayed at the Maritime Sailors Cathedral. Eric Lonergan said his hometown of Denham's, Denham, Massachusetts. Mess it up again there. The Fairbanks House. Hello, look there. Greg Smallwood, one of the buildings in Jamestown, Virginia. First American Settlement, 1607. Oh, we're going even older. Look at this. Jeff Turner said, I had to change my answer. I think the oldest structures in the U.S. that I have been to were the cliff dwellings at Mesa Verde. 1190, so about late 12th century. Woo! I got out pointed. I was going to say Mount Vernon, but like, wait a minute. Didn't you see anything earlier? Oh, yeah, the Mayflower and Plymouth Rock. Well, well, welly, well, well. All Betsy Oman Jaffe outpointed everybody. The Oak Mulgee Mounds National Historical Park's Earth Lodge in Georgia. It was built in 1015 and restored by the Civilian Conservation Corps in the 1930s. Well, well, welly, well, well. Jamestown also says Scott Moffat. Sam Berger, Taos Pueblo, sometime between the year 1000 and 1450. Holy moly, wow. Tom Miskovitz. I've been to D.C. and did all the monuments and houses, so I'm guessing one of those is old. To which Jeff Stevens replied, Mount Vernon is probably the oldest dating to about 1725 IIRC, if I really care, I think. That's what it stands for. Anthony Beeson. Man, we got some great answers here. My work once took me to the Dominican Republic where I walked Calle Las Damas, which was built in 1502. More local, my favorite building in downtown Cincinnati is the Literary Club, built in 1820. For international landmarks, I thought I was going to say the Castillo del Francis de Moro or something like that. Whatever that fort is in San Juan as you're pulling into port on the cruise ship. But we just went past it. We never set foot in the joint. So there you go. Jeff Kenton, how about this? I was an exchange student to Switzerland. On my walk from home to the train station, there was this nondescript house near the church. I wondered for a long time about why it seemed to always be empty, yet was lovingly restored. I learned it was one of the oldest structures in central Switzerland, 
surviving Napoleon's retreat from the region in the early 1810s. Not the oldest structure, but very meaningful for the Nidwaldners. Whatever those are. I'm sure about that. <laughs> oh, Jeff Stevens outpointed everybody now. Jamestown, the U.S., but in the world. New Grange, Ireland, 3000 B.C. Yes, it's a structure. Standing under stones placed 5,000 years ago is insane. Sam Gordon says New Grange is an incredible site. And I thought Sam was going to go after Jeff for mocking the name of Stonehenge. We're going to do Stonehenge tomorrow. No, we're not going to fucking do Stonehenge. Alright, question number three. What's your favorite patriotic song and why? Well, I put down America the Beautiful by Ray Charles. If that don't get your spirits up, there's something wrong with you, let me tell you. Greg Smallwood said the regular version of America the Beautiful, or the original, I should say. It's positive, celebrates the beauty of our country, and in my opinion, would have been a better choice for our national anthem. I agree. And Dina Yagodich also says likewise. Bow Hymn of the Republic says Bill Pitcher. A beat that doesn't quit. This land is your land. Woody Guthrie says Betsy Oilman Jaffe. Scott Moffat agrees me with America the Beautiful. Ditto Mary Faye Randolph, the person what provided all these questions. There you go. Sam Gordon says, In terms of America, my fate has to be This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. You and Betsy Oilman Jaffe. And Tom Miskovitz reluctantly said This Land is Your Land, even though he did say Nothing Stands Out. So there you go right there. And this is Sam Angel's answer, and he's certainly uh, getting in with the times this one. He said, A Change is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke, Masters of War by Bob Dylan, you mean Robert Zimmerman of Hibbing, Minnesota. The Grateful Dead, Throwing Stones, and Bob Marley, Get Up, Stand Up. Patriotism, particularly in the context of the United States, should never mean blind fealty, especially these days. There you go right there. Anthony Beeson agrees with me with Ray Charles' America the Beautiful. When I haven't heard it in a while reduces me to tears. Also dearly love Stars and Stripes Forever by the Boston Pops. And the Pops, too. You know, I love Seuss's Washington Postmark, says Tom Pace. It stirring reminds me of the importance of the First Amendment. All right, question number four. Where is the most beautiful natural site you visited in the United States? And to the internationals, same question in regards to your country. Tom Pace said the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. Well, I'm sure that's got to be real nice here. I wrote down for my, you know, for my part, I wrote down... Prospect Mountain in Lake George, New York. It was really tough to decide, but I had to stick to around here with the Adirondacks. Jeff Turner. I love the national parks, and Bryce Canyon is my favorite. The bright colors and rock formations are phenomenal. Greg Smallwood said Grand Canyon. Have hiked it rim to rim twice with my dad and brother. The scenery is breathtaking. It changes every time you change direction on the trail. For what it's worth, the view from the trail is infinitely better than from either rim. I guess you like it a lot more than the Griswolds National Lampoon's Vacation. How about that? Mount McKinley says Dina Yagodich. I think they call it something else now. It's Denali Mountain. Let me write that down here. That silence is always good on a podcast, am I right? Hey, why don't you say something? Okay, okay. 
All right, I'm just getting through it here. <laughs> I'm going to shove an AM-80. All right, that's enough. Get out. Come on. Go. Okay. <laughs> Bill Pitcher. Hey, he's from our neck, my neck of the woods, too. I love my native Adirondacks as seen from a distance. Vermont, Canada, etc. Prospect Mountain, bud? You been there? Here I go again. It says Prospect Mountain. Hey, he's from there. I think it's from Johnstown, if I'm not mistaken. Prospect Mountain much? <laughs> Scott Moffat went to Zion National Park several months ago. Fantastic. Betsy Orman Jaffe rode to Hana in Maui, Hawaii. A rainforest with waterfalls, beaches with black sand, red sand, and white sand. Dolphins. Mary Faye Randolph, for her part, said it's a tie between Glacier National Park, the Grand Tetons, and Big Bend. National Parks are the you-know-what, man. We got one of those up our neck of the woods. Well, actually, it's a National Historic Park, the Saratoga Battlefield. Yosemite Valley says Sue Heidel. Eric Lonergan said Grand Canyon, too. My honorable mention to the Rockies that I rode through on a train. Sam Gordon says Antelope Canyon in the States, internationally Versailles in Paris, or Mongkok in Hong Kong. Europeans get around a lot more than us Americans, let me tell you. Jennifer Corpick says, I'm going to sentimentally say Lake Michigan in the dunes. Haven't been there since COVID, and I miss it terribly. Tom Miskovitz. Lake Itasca and the head of the Mississippi River, or the Grand Canyon. How it's just flat desert, and then you come upon just this big asshole in the ground. <laughs> Anthony Beeson says, Niagara Falls here in the States, Canada. Same answer, only better earned. I should know. This is my thoughts here. I've done the May of the Mist many years back. Jolene Wojcik agrees with Betsy Oilman Jaffe. All right, finally, and I certainly mean that, we're going to end this in grand fashion. As a tip of the hat to our Canadian littles who are celebrating Canada Day today, I'm recording this segment on the 1st of July, 2022. Happy Canada Day to those who celebrate. U.S. citizens, tell us what you most admire about Canada, its people, its government, its culture, its natural beauty. Thinking about covering it all there. And to the Canucks, what do you like the most about your country? Well, Dina, you got it, says, When I was 19 living in upstate New York, I loved their driving age. And their side of the Niagara Falls is better by far. I think you probably like the drinking age, too. 18 as opposed to 21 here on this side of the border. <laughs> You're a college freshman. You, could, you went to college at, say, UVM, University of Vermont. Canadian border, like Montreal, is about an hour away. You could go there and just booze it up on St. Catherine Street. <laughs> Poutine says Bill Pitcher. I wrote down, I admire Canada's embracement of diversity and its culture more than anything. Yeah, my first bits of Canadian culture, SCTV, Bob and Doug McKenzie, the Great White North. Good day, eh? How you doing, eh? Hey, bud. And I briefly listened to this podcast by Jeremy Taggart and Jonathan Torrance called Taggart and Torrance. Imaginatively titled. Good stuff there, all the stuff going. A little hardcore Canadian for your boy, but getting the stuff in the lane of Justin Trudeau. Very interesting to hear other perspectives. Steve Osbold says, I hate that I secretly love it. They have figured out health care, different colored paper money, and their team has won two World Series. That would be the Toronto Blue Jays. Montreal Expos had a crack at it in 81, but if not for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then 1994, if not for labor troubles. That's the closest that they got. Pretty sad what happened to them. 
Okay, Ice Hockey says Sue Heidel. Pretty simple. Sam Berger, I love the commitment to bilingualism and the incorporation of French into the culture as a whole. As somebody who's only visited Quebec up in Canada, je suis d'accord avec toi. <laughs> Jeff Flowers, I love our great Midwestern brethren in Toronto. <laughs> Inside joke. It's such a wonderful cosmopolitan city. Also, growing up on the border, Detroiters love that in Canada, the drinking age is 19. I thought it was 18. I guess I stand corrected. They have totally bare dancing at their clubs. Nudity is okay at their beaches. Marijuana and other vices are legal there. Apologies to anyone offended, but she asked what we admire about Canada. I haven't always been a saint. Oh, and you can get Cuban cigars there legally. And they have ketchup chips. Canada's a great place. I think I saw dill pickle chips one time at a vending machine at near the gift shop of St. Joseph's Oratory when I went up there for a weekend away in college. But I digress. Yeah, going up to Montreal, too. That was a great time going up there with those Expos games in the mid-90s. All right. Bob and Doug McKenzie, Ace says Anthony Beeson. And then he responded, Seriously, I have great memories of trips to Canada. The people, the culture, it's a beauty, eh? All right. Terrence and Philip going the South Park route, says Bobby Gottfried. And that'll be it right there for the Friday Five, and a rather appropriate one for this upcoming holiday weekend. And that'll do it for episode 159 of the Keep It To Yourself podcast. I certainly appreciate you for listening. I hope all of you have a happy, safe, and sane 4th of July. I'll talk to you the next time with what I did during this weekend as we really get knuckled deep into the summer of 2022. Hope it's a good one for you so far. I've always believed that the 4th of July is the kind of the halfway point of summer. It really bums me out saying that as much as it does you hearing it, but just the same way, I think of Memorial Day as the unofficial beginning of summer, Labor Day the unofficial end of summer. This is kind of like the unofficial, almost but not quite halfway point of summer. So it's starting to get good here. Hopefully I'll have more adventures this summer before it's all over and done with. Oh, I'll talk to you soon as he tries to end this episode. And he will. That's we're going to do it now. Thanks for listening. Happy holiday, everybody. And as always and above all else, wait for it. Wait for it. Keep smiling. Otis lives. This has been a Kitty Pod production, produced in Saratoga County, New York, shared with the world.